this computer three two one welcome to the pin 12 podcast a show discussing the most decorated conference in college wrestling the big 12 conference i'm your host lee cothern joined by sam phillips sam what's going on not much lee we are just getting all the way down there to the end of the season and it's really time for the rubber to hit the road we had a few upsets in the dual meets last weekend and a few other really good dual meets that happened and this last one's a little fun a good mix of some non-conference duels and some rivalry meets i guess you could call them yeah for sure there was definitely some big uh some big matchups and um you know some some interesting opportunities for several teams uh, across the conference from west virginia to air force to northern colorado and beyond right so uh really fun uh meets here i guess where are we starting we starting with the first one uh air force at west virginia yeah, let's start out east. That was a really close duel between the Falcons and the Mountaineers out in Morgantown. We did not get to see Cardinal versus Tucker Owens, unfortunately. Uh, Cardinal, like uh, we talked about it, he seems like they've got a good load management plan for uh, one of the elder statesmen of 125. But this ended up being a 20 to 18 win for West Virginia. Yeah, it's really close. You know, Air Force, as we've been talking about, really has come along and is has put together a really, really solid dual team here. So um, not really that surprising to see them uh, keep it close, but a, a lot of it was on the back of, of bonus points here from their anchors, right? Uh, um, Tucker Owens scored the major decision, although do we get to see, you know, it's against a backup and then um, Fippen scored a, a tech fall. And uh, Wyatt Hendrickson did what he does and and pinned Michael Wolfgram in 37 seconds. So that's ridiculous. Um, that's he, ridiculous. the guy. That's just what the guy does. You know, he's uh, he's a machine. I'm excited to see him. You know, how, how's he going to be with a career bonus record? What it is, right? Like, I, I mean, I'm just thrilled to see him at uh, Big 12s this year because you know he's he's got to start building on this stuff and um and then at NCAAs hopefully he can get on the podium and and maybe do maybe finish high right uh yeah I'm really thrilled to continue to watch Wyatt Henderson the guy's crazy I'm just love watching him wrestle yeah absolutely also at 197 the Falcons got a win for Calvin Sund over Austin Cooley a bit of an upset in my book uh, but really the West Virginia won this meet with their middleweights Jordan Titus, Sammy Halegas getting good wins. And then uh, Peyton Hall, Scott Joel, Anthony Carmen bringing it home up top, having it sealed up basically before those last two weights. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's, you know, tell of it, right. Um, what West Virginia got some bonus points there and they they really just continue to be a solid team as well. Um, uh, uh, Joel and, and Hall are, are certainly having good seasons and, um, they they should be able to qualify several uh, for NCAA's as this thing goes on. You bet. Now, Oklahoma State, South Dakota State up in Frost Arena. This was a good one, wasn't it, Lee? It was. It was an entertaining duel. Um, there were a couple upsets. There were a couple of, uh, um, you know, good opportunities from both ends here. Uh, you know, it started off with uh, Reese Whitcraft getting an upset over Tanner Jordan. I I mean, you know, I guess it's a mild upset. Neither guy's ranked, I guess, but uh um it was nice to see Whitcraft 
get a win here uh, against a, a really solid Tanner Jordan who's having a good season. Um, so, so that was awesome to, to see. Uh, um, and then down the line, right. Uh, Dayton fix one. Uh, Clay Carlson did pick up the win over the a surging Carter young kind of broke his mm-hmm. win streak there. Um, four to three. Uh, one of those that Carlson just let, uh, Young do a lot of the work there. Um, <laughs> uh, got into scrambles and and Carlson won those be as he does right. It's his you know that's kind of how he uh, operates and um, has has won a lot of matches that way and um, against a guy like Carter Young who's going to get his offense going. It's definitely not uh, that surprising to see him pick up that win. Um, I'm curious if there's a rematch here, uh, how, how that yeah. could go. Yeah. The 141 is going to be a fun one at big 12s and going back to 125 real quick. I think the big 12 is so interesting at this weight because they've got so many fringe qualifiers. I will be really interested to see how many allocations the big 12 gets at 125. And you, I think outside of a couple guys, you could just draw names for the next five, you know, maybe like three through eight in that weight class and you'll get, that'll be your best guess at how they're going to finish in the big 12. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, the injuries have really kind of hurt the big 12 in this weight class. Uh, so it probably will be a pretty light, uh, draw on, um, allocations, unfortunately. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the big 12 had a great, um, uh, non-conference slate, uh, has been really successful wrestling outside of the big 12 and, um, we'll kind of just have to keep an eye on that. I, you know, as, as those things come out, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right outside of really outside of, uh, hard nail, right. Um, uh, mm-hmm. we're not hundred percent sure what we've got there aside from, you know, nurse Noah certain's been solid. Um, the, uh, uh, Joey Prada has been pretty good. Pretty good, but not blowing out matches. Uh, right. Steve-O uh, and Jory Volk have had good seasons. So of course, Steve-O. And then in the mix, uh, but yeah. And then uh, um, Owens at, at Air yep. Force, right? Uh, so, yep. y- you know, you're right. It, they may get five or six allocations, but yeah, I mean, a couple of these guys are going to, you know, uh, Reese Whitcraft and, and uh, Caleb Feasley and, and some of these guys are going to be looking to steal those spots and they're good enough to do it. So I, it's going to be an interesting yeah. season yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, the, the, the interesting results here though, uh, um, really Cade DeVos picks up the upset over Dustin plot is probably the big, uh, result. And it wasn't fluky. Uh, he went and got the first two takedowns and then, uh, controlled the match really well, uh, against plot, um, was able to, to keep plot off of his legs and, um, uh, you know, really kind of, uh, methodically get that nine to five win over Dustin Plot, uh, which was definitely interesting um, there. And then uh, uh, Tanner Sloan coming off, Luke Serber coming off of the big uh, upset over Rocky Elam, um, wasn't able to get anything going against Tanner Sloan. Tanner Sloan kind of punished Serber uh, for taking bottom <laughs> a couple times there. <laughs> and um, it, it, it definitely cost Serber uh, uh, some momentum. Um, so kind of some interesting results there for the South Dakota State and, and Oklahoma State matchup. Yeah, I mean, Tanner Sloan is just looking so good right now in his final season, and I think he's just really putting it all together. He's down at nine in the intermat rankings, but he's only got one loss on the year. So, yeah, I think he's definitely set to outperform that at the NCAA tournament. 
I think that's probably a pretty safe guess. You know, it's hard to rank him much higher than uh, that because the loss is a weird one. And then his wins are, you know, there's not a ton of top 10 guys on here. So it it is kind of hard to um, say that he's better than ninth. But at the same time, you're right. He's been wrestling really well. He's been he's a really complete wrestler, Um, has looked really good on his feet, has looked really good on top. Um, so I think that, uh, we're definitely going to have the year of Tanner Sloan here and, uh, um, I, I he's going to get some opportunities to prove it here, uh, over the next, uh, couple weeks. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He's, there's no running from the competition, uh, once they all get thrown in the blender down in Tulsa there. So, uh, it's good to see the pokes cover there 19 to 12 and, um, you know, pick up the win, uh, is definitely one that kind of made you sweat a little bit going into, Frost Arena, you're on a hot streak, but uh, you know sometimes you go on the road and you get a little cocky. I guess a really, really good Jackrabbit squad. So um, it's good to get a win. Good to get a win for the Pokes. Mm-hmm. I was in the McLeod Center on Friday night for the UNI Iowa State duel, and that thing was super fun. What an environment! I forget. I think they said they had close to six thousand fans there. So uh, they said it was the wrestling record. There's some controversy. Some people thought it was actually set in the first duel in the McLeod Center. But I think uh, either way, it's just such a knowledgeable fan base when those two groups of fans get together. And it was just electric from the first whistle with Ethan Perryman getting the call for the Cyclones at 125. And Kyle Gallhofer actually was majored by Perryman earlier in the season and turns it around and gets the 8-6 victory comeback win for Gallhofer there to really make this thing interesting from the jump for the Panthers. Yeah, it was a surprise that Goldhofer uh, picked up that win. Quite frankly, um, he's kind of coming on pretty strong here. Mm-hmm. It's uh, um, he's definitely been a, a bit of a um, weak link in the uh, Panthers lineup. But uh, yeah, he started off the duel well, and then uh, kind of had to make you nervous as an Iowa State fan coming into uh, that one. You, you think it's going to be a close duel, and then um, you lose one that you might have penciled in for the the, the Cyclones. Uh, so that was that was. Definitely not the the best start, but Iowa State turned it around, didn't they? Yeah, they did. So uh, 125 and 141 were actually pretty similar matches, in my opinion, with the Iowa State freshman taking the lead and then the Panther coming back to win the match with Kale Happel taking out Casey Swiderski. Uh, 133 and 149 were also very similar. Just honestly, incredibly boring matches. Not a whole lot of offense going on in those but Zach Redding at 133 gets the go behind in overtime to take out Kyle Biscaglia. And at 149, Pinero Johnson got the 3-1 win. He had to take down late in the third to beat uh, Adam Allard, who was a good, I think, three-time Iowa State champion, filling in for Colin Rail Budo. At 157, Derek Holschleg just completely controlled his match against Jason Kreiser. Where we've seen Jason Kreiser be successful is with his scrambling abilities, and Holschleg completely put the kibosh to that. That's yeah, that's Holshag's having a great year and, and Kreiser's uh, come on strong, but yeah, that's uh Holshag's really good in those positions as well. Um, like his teammates around him, he's great at uh, diving for an ankle and, and just making his opponents work for it. Um, and uh, uh, you know, that's uh, that's been a uh, a strength for them in, in the middle part of their lineup for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Coming out of the break though, it was all cyclones because you had David Carr, go out there and the knock on car <laughs> coming into this big matchup that we'll talk about 
for Wednesday night is that he just doesn't put up bonus points at the same clip that some other people in the weight class do. But he went out there against Austin Yant and got a couple tilts, got a whole bunch of takedowns and won that one 20 to six, a huge win for him. And then where, when I finally started feeling comfortable about this dual meet was when MJ Gaetan started the third period trailing by three points to Lance Runyon and gets a takedown cuts Runyon and then gets a takedown and four back points to end up winning the match nine to five. So a huge match in what was Gaetan's final freebie uh, event. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, that's, that's a big win for Gaetan. Um, definitely have to be excited about the future at uh, 174 pounds for the Cyclones with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And then 184 match in the night, Parker Kekaisen gave up the opening takedown against Marcus Coleman, but came back to win that one seven to five. It's just two guys that are really fun to watch and wrestle hard for seven minutes. And if you made the match 70 minutes, I think they'd wrestle hard for all of it. So uh, really entertaining there. High motors on both those guys. 197, it was Wyatt Volker who got the call for the Panthers and Yager Bastida just uh, outpaced him on their feet. Almost got the major decision. It was 12-6, a lot of takedowns for Bastida. Uh, Volker did... He, a lot of people, as they stick with Bastida, they seem to gas themselves out, but Volker seemed like he still had it all, just couldn't keep his feet moving enough, uh, with Bastida's speed. And he's just, I mean, Bastida, what more can you say? If you've watched him, you know exactly how it goes. He's in on the, lives in on the legs whenever he wants to be there. Mm-hmm. And then at 285, Sam Skyler controlled his match against Tyrell Gordon between two of the most improved heavyweights in the conference. Yeah. Big win for the Cyclones. You know, you, you drop that first one and then come back and uh, you kind of pick up most of the toss up. You, you win where you're supposed to win and score mm-hmm. bonus points. And then you pick up the toss ups from there on out. Right. So um, really, really good uh, wrestling from the Cyclones. Uh, ultimately you have to feel pretty good about that uh, dual result in uh uh, you know, moving east in the state, right? So, yep. uh, it's hard to go there and win. It's a it's a big rivalry for them or for for both programs. And, um, you know, Schwab wanted it, and uh, you know, they there's a lot of talk <laughs> beforehand. Oh yeah, and they definitely have made it a, a fun duel. Uh, and uh, credit to both of those coaches and and programs for what they've been able to turn that into. Now that they're in the same conference and um, wrestling every year. Yeah, they work hard to promote that matchup for sure. Now, heading north to NDSU, up in Fargo, the Bison kind of partied on the Sooners on Friday night. They did. They really did. It was uh, um, not close, uh, you know, for OU and uh, North Dakota State really uh, uh, won pretty much everywhere that you uh, expect them to win and then some, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Starting off, you know, the Sooners picked up the wins at 125 pounds uh, with Prada getting the win over uh, Negret and and then 141 pounds, Moshe Schwartz, as we've been talking about, really, really coming on, having a great season, um, getting the win over Drogamuller. Um, Tate Piccolo picked up the big win over Gavin Sachs as well. He's having a great, he's having a really solid under the radar season as well. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, North Dakota State just kind of dominated, right? I mean, it started yeah. with uh, Migkiff 
uh, scoring the 10 to three decision over Wyatt Henson. Um, you know, Wyatt uh, not exactly having the best year uh, to in his debut for the Sooners. Um, Kellen March picked up the five, nothing decision over Mitch Moore. Uh, I don't, the Kellen March roller coaster might be one of the funner roller coasters that we get to ride here in the big 12. Right. I mean, we, we, we have a few of them, um, between, uh, um, the JQs, JQs between Caden Gefeller, between, uh, you, you know, there, we have a, we have a handful, but Kellen March, uh, it, Came out of nowhere in the Southern scuffle, won that thing, and then has been up and down since then. But here he is getting five nothing wins over guys like Mitch Moore. I mean, um, I don't know the last time Mitch Moore got rode out or didn't score any points. Um, I know he doesn't really like to take shots, but if you get into any kind of uh, under over situation with him, then he's typically going to execute some kind of throw or he's he's great at defending guys off of his legs and, and all of that. So it's kind of surprising to see him uh, get beat like that. Um, don't tweet at me more brothers, please. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that, that was kind of a surprising result to me. I, I Kellen March, it, he could, he could either win big 12s or not qualify for, not qualify for instant yeah. lays at this rate. Right. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, especially with <laughs> 149, the way that it is, uh, Jared Franick got the win at 157 over Jacob Butler. Michael Caliendo got the 10-5 decision over Garrett Ninehouse. So a good win for Caliendo. He seems to just, all things go for him. He's really trending in the right direction as he has been all season long. DeAnthony Parker at 184 pinned Keegan Moore in the first period. And then Owen Pence uh, kind of skated by Carson Berryhill, a uh, 6-5 win for Pence. So uh, definitely not the score I thought it would be going into that match. But like we've said, Owen Pence, I think he's another one of those roller coasters. Definitely. He's pin or win by one point. Right. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's a pretty look, it, it wasn't a great dual performance by OU. Um, and, and on top of that, North Dakota state probably thinks they, they could have won by more as well. So, um, I think we might be, uh, underselling the bison a, a little bit there, but, uh, um, you know, re- really, uh, surprising to see, um, oh, you go into, to Fargo and lose like that. But, uh, um, at the same time, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, they turn their weekend around, which we'll, we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah. We got to talk about Utah Valley knocking off Northern Colorado because I did not see this one coming at all. No, no, not at all. I mean, that was a, uh, a total shock from, the uh wolverines you know uh and it was a weird score there's a lot of bonus points uh 22 to 20 was the final score here and then there were upsets right i mean they started off with uh case mogger getting the the pin over uh steve opulin yeah huge win for mogger there uh jace colzer got the win at 133 for northern colorado and then you have andrew alirez uh with the 10-4 win over ty smith so um Still uh, going back to 133, still no Hayden Drury for Utah Valley. Not sure if he will be back for big 12s, but hopefully he is because that will certainly help out the Wolverines. Mm -hmm. 149, Chris Sandoval got the sudden victory win over Isaiah Delgado. Vinny Zerbin won it at 157 for the Bears uh, with a 23 to 8 tech fall over Tyson Humphreys. And then at 165, that's when uh, Northern Colorado gets the pin out of Baylor Fernandez. But that's 
all they would get for the rest of the night because then you had Demetrius Romero get a major decision over Andrew Berryessa. Uh, Mahanri rushed in, gets the pin with 14 seconds left in the match over Branson Britton. And Rushton is just a redshirt freshman, and that was only his ninth match of the season. So uh, interesting to see him fill in and come up with the huge six points there. Yeah, definitely. That's, uh, um, uh, you know, what do we know about either of these guys (laughs) ultimately at 184 pounds? But uh, um, yeah, I mean, you said it uh, after Baylor Fernandez uh, picked up that pin and it was looking really good for the uh, Bears coming out of 165 pounds. But um, boy, it was uh, it it turned quick. And and especially with that one that I we're going to have to go back and watch the tape to see what happened with 14 seconds left in the uh, match between Rushton and Britain. Cause that must've been a, a heck of a move by it was a heck of a move or a heck of a mistake or both. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. When anytime late in the match, you've got to keep your eye on that one as uh, someone just running out of gas or someone going big and actually connecting on a big move. So those are always fun ones to check out. Uh, Utah Valley brought it home with Evan Bachman getting the 10-3 win at 197 and Chase Trussell getting the 7-3 win at heavyweight. So a uh, big win for the Wolverines. Huge win. They definitely weren't having the uh, um, best season to date here. Um, you know, they've they've been... You know, just just to say it, they've they've lost a lot of duels, right? To um, a lot of teams that really are, you know, not that good. I mean, Drexel, you you know, Purdue, uh, um, they kind of got beat pretty bad against South Dakota State, North Dakota State, uh, Iowa State, right? So it hasn't been a great year. They lost to Wyoming, right? Um, just hasn't been a great year up to this point. That was only their third duel win of the season against Northern Colorado. So a uh, real surprise there for uh, the Wolverines and uh, you, you love to see it, right. As an upset. And yeah. I, you know, it's, it's uh, it makes it fun um, at home. I think it was senior night. So that was big for, um, for them to, to pick up that win. I, I we're going to have to go watch it. Cause uh, um, I bet it was emotional for Demetrius Romero. I bet it was, uh, I bet it was fun times. So yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's, that's one to definitely check out. If you haven't yet, it's on YouTube, Utah, yeah, excuse me, Utah Valley's YouTube is kind of a mouthful, um, <laughs> but uh, go check that one out. You know, it, it, that that's, that's gotta be a fun duel to, to watch for sure. Um, it's what we love about the sport, right? All the emotion. Yeah. And the up and down performances. I mean, uh, anytime someone just reminds you like, Hey, in this sport, you can't write anyone off that no, makes it yeah. even more interesting going into conference tournament season coming right up. So something to keep in the back of your mind on Saturday night, Wyoming went out to Oregon state to take on the Beavers up in Corvallis and they lost this dual meet 20 to 10. But I mean, I don't know at this point in the season, it's not certainly not the worst that we've seen Wyoming. So Jory Volk gets a win. Oregon state does not wrestle uh Kaler. So unfortunately we didn't get to see that matchup. Garrett Ricks up at 133. He's kind of bounced between 25 and 33. Uh, had a good match with Jason Shaner, who's been in and out of the rankings, but dropped that one. Then you've got Joe Greenwood getting the win over Cleveland Belton. So a good win for him. And Jacob Wright gets the win over Isaiah Crosby at 157. For sure. You know, uh, 
it is unfortunate that we didn't get to see Volk and Kaler, but at the same time, Volk um, is not somebody you want to see at this point in the season. I think. Uh, yeah, he's especially he's really non-conference. Good. Yeah, so you're not going to get a chance at the conference tournament to avenge that right, loss. Right. So, uh, not that you know, Kaler's. Uh, I think he's been out a couple of weeks, so you know, that's uh, um, just one of those situations. But um, if you're Wyoming, you got to like what you see out of the that guy out of Volk. Um, you know, Greenwood's been having a great season, and, and Jacob Wright has been. Uh, he, he's another one of our roller coasters, but he's, he's been um, pretty good. Ultimately he's 15 and four. Um, you know, he's, he's having a good last season and, and should qualify. And uh, he, Wyoming should have three qualifiers and ride that into the, they had a good, we've, we've said it a million times. We don't need to keep hammering this point home about Wyoming. They're going to be fine. Um, they definitely have some, some bright spots. Mm-hmm. Air force took on American out on the East coast in uh, the district as some people call it. So uh, Tucker Owens going out there and pinning the pin King Maximilian Lee to sort of uh, have Wyatt Hendrickson's back. So Maximilian Lee for American was leading in the uh, NCAA pin standings. And Tucker Owens said, not so fast. We got the number one (laughs) pinner in the country. And that's Wyatt Hendrickson up at heavyweight. For sure. That's uh, you got to love that. Uh, You know, getting opportunity to defend your teammate like that is, uh, is definitely, a, um, uh, a fun one. Uh, Hendrickson got a pin as well. So, um, they just uh, kind of solidified that at, uh, uh, American there, the, the capital wrestling team, um, and picked up the big win 28 to 13. I know that, uh, Americans kind of in the, a rebuild phase. So, um, after letting go of, uh, Teague Moore and, um, all that fun stuff. So we'll, we'll see what happens with, with that program, but uh, they're not in the big 12. So we need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beauty and the beast event in Ames, Iowa state hosted Illinois while a gymnastics meet was going on on the other end of the arena. I think there were some mixed reviews to that from the wrestlers. I think they loved all the promo and stuff going up to it, but they didn't really appreciate not being able to hear the coaches. So uh, I, I'm sure it'll be done again at some point because at the end of the day, there were 9,000 fans there on Super Bowl Sunday to mm-hmm. watch that two uh, Olympic sports. So the university, I'm sure, will make that happen again. Uh, unique event for sure. And Iowa State wrestled pretty well. They win 21-13. Caleb Feasley gets an overtime win. Casey Swiderski, uh, he's he's back. And he, that's exactly what he said after he takes out a uh, top 20 wrestler in Danny Pacino. And... Is he's getting his hands raised and he's just yelling to the arena, I'm back. So uh pretty fun to see Swiderski put a full match together there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hopefully he backs that up and um continues to to pick up wins, right? I, I he's got a big opportunity coming up as as we'll talk about this Wednesday, um to to do that, right? So uh yeah, that that'd be great. They're gonna need him if they wanna yeah. um win that duel. For sure. So at 133, I skipped over that. Zach Redding got beat pretty handily by Lucas Bird. Um, I think Redding is another one of our roller coaster wrestlers here in the Big 12. Jason Kreiser gave up four takedowns in the first period to Mikey Carr of Illinois, but then came back and almost won the match in the third period. Uh, Just chipped away at it and dropped that one by two points. Uh, David Carr had another 14-point win over a backup. Uh, Julian Broderson wrestled Edmund Ruth to a three to two match, not 
uh, super exciting one there, but Broderson still um, able to keep himself within striking distance. And Marcus Coleman really wrestled his final match in Hilton Coliseum with uh, all sorts of vigor, taking on a ranked Dylan Connell and tech falling him uh, really early in the third period. Looked like he had the fall in the second period, but the refs kind of took it off the board because time was up and just an incredible uh, I guess it's technically a bounce back win for Coleman after getting beat on Friday night. For sure. Yeah, no, that's, uh, um, uh, again, no, no shame in, in losing to Parker Kekheisen, but, uh, um, good to get that win, uh, in the fashion that he did for his, uh, last bout there in Hilton. Um, uh, you know, big event. I'm real hung up on Edmund Ruth being Ed Ruth's brother. That's a, <laughs> uh, interesting naming, uh, 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 strategy there from the, the son of Eddie. I think I heard. So, so now it's all coming together. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, younger, um, didn't look as good as he usually does against a really, really good, uh, Zach Bronigle. Um, but, yep. uh, definitely, you know, was, was off a little bit. Wasn't getting to his office as easily as, as you usually see younger. Yeah. Not getting to his offense and just seemed to play with fire. Uh, I think in a lot of younger's matches against really good opponents, he's able to def- let them get in on a single leg and defend it really well, but he eventually you're going to give up takedowns. And that's what cost has cost him his last two losses against Bonacorsi And then now against Bronigal. So uh, something he just kind of needs to refocus on, I think. And then Sam Schuyler closed out the duel with a 5-3 win at heavyweight over Matt Rabluski. So Iowa State takes that one 21-13 and sets up a really big duel on Wednesday night that we'll get to in a couple minutes. For sure. And you know what? Uh, looking at this, uh, Younger's losses are to Max Dean. Nino Bonacorsi and Zach Bronigle. So, I mean, those aren't exactly bad losses, right? Mm-hmm. I, I know Bronigle's not a all American yet, but, uh, um, it's, it's, there's no shame in, in any of those. He's having a great season and, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, don't let guys in on your legs <laughs> yeah. is, is ultimately <laughs> how it goes. Um, here we here we have uh you know we talk about OU going into North Dakota State and getting beat pretty handily. Uh they then went to Brookings and they pulled the this sentence is weird, but Oklahoma pulled a big upset over South Dakota State. <laughs> yeah, honestly, uh I was very surprised to see that after I, I looked at how the Friday night duel went. So uh, good on the Sooners. They seem like they are coming into form for the Big 12 tournament. Everything is on schedule, Lee. And they just, I mean, Moshe Schwartz, he's got to be the comeback wrestler of the year in this conference, probably in the country. He is just on a tear right now and completely turned himself from, I think this guy will qualify about a month ago to this guy. I'm going to be surprised if he's not on the podium. Yeah, not at all. I mean, he, he, you have to be expecting it here. I mean, it, it was definitely a, um, uh, he's just having a great season. Uh, there's no other way to put it. He, uh, it took a while for rankers to catch up with him, uh, because he kind of didn't wrestle anybody that impressive, uh, in the first half of the year. But, um, here over the last few weeks, I mean, he has beat, uh, 
Titus Jordan, Casey Sudersky, Kale Happel, Alan Hart, Dylan Drogemuller, Clay Carlson. I mean, he is just his hit list over the past month is uh, impressive. There's no other way to put it, right? So um, he's he's looking. He's probably staring at a top uh, six seed right now, and um, he in 141 pounds is wide open. Um, yeah. I'm curious to see him and Andrew Alirez. Uh, I hope we get to see that. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's having a really good year. Uh, and then OU beyond, uh, Moshe Schwartz, you know, they had a couple things go poorly for him that they probably expected to win. Tanner Jordan picked up the win over Joey Prada, um, which is a bit of a surprise because uh, Prada's been having a really solid season in his last year at OU. And then they wrestled uh, true freshman John Wiley in one of his events, uh, and, and he got beat by Alex Martin um, at 149 pounds. So, uh, you know, Wiley's uh, had a, had some big wins. Didn't he beat Panero Johnson yeah, uh, in, in one of his events? So, I mean, he, he's been kind of a – he's not having the best redshirt year, but um, it also – you know, he, he has some big wins. He's capable of it. And he probably should have picked up a win over Alex Martin, but uh, it turns out the Sooners didn't need it. Jacob Butler picked up the win over Caleb gross. Uh, it looks like uh, uh, South Dakota state was wrestling a backup there. Um, Garrett Ninehouse uh, with the big upset over Tanner cook. Um, and then Tate Piccolo, who we need to talk about is, is having a really, really good uh, season so far. You know, he, he has some, some losses that he's put out there to, um, you know, solid guys, Peyton Mako, uh, uh, Lenny Pinto. Um, so he, he, he's kind of having a freshman year. He's got those losses and then he's got like a loss to Ryder and a loss to Navy are a little bit surprising, but he's been winning big ones. And I think that's what, uh, you know, you see as these guys, uh, well, first of all, he's adjusting the 174 after making the drop midseason, uh, but also address adjusting to a full college season. And uh, seems like he's coming into his own at the right time. For sure. And then uh, Keegan Moore picked up the win over Keg King, uh, which is you could probably call that an upset as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, the Sooners just kind of they they put it they put it out and uh, Tanner Sloan did his best to to make up for it there with the major decision. And uh, AJ Neville's picked up the win over Josh Heinzelman, but Heinzelman is one of those guys uh, that is hard to score bonus points on. So, um, you know, it, it was uh, look if South Dakota State wrestles their starter at 157 pounds, do they win? You know, I don't know. If they wrestle Kale Swenson, does he pick up that win over Jacob Butler? Um, but ultimately, just a really, really good win for the Sooners there. Uh, in Frost Arena, that was uh, that was big for them, for sure. And and it could be, you know, uh, we're getting into uh, peaking season for the Sooners if they are going to win another Big Twelve title. Um, <laughs> as they're, it's, it's that yeah. time. Yeah, it's like they just flipped the switch and now they're ready. Uh, the up in Fargo must have just been a little bit too early for them, but now they're ready to climb the hill and go get that Big Twelve title. Um. Also yeah, it was that Sunday. Saturday workout. It was that yeah. Saturday workout that they had that just really put them over the top. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That must have been it. I got to figure out how <laughs> Rosselli does that. 
Uh, also <laughs> on Sunday, Cal Baptist went up to Bakersfield and got a win over the Roadrunners, 23 to 17. Um, not many big time matchups in that one. Uh, one thing I do want to know, Eli Griffin did not wrestle. So I, he's kind of had a, um, unorthodox schedule, I guess he hasn't really missed huge chunks of time, but he he'll miss a dual meet every now and then. So, uh, hopefully he will be good and ready to go next weekend and for the big 12 tournament. Cause we definitely want to see him in it. Then also on Sunday, the Cowboys hosted Stanford. Hosted Stanford picked up a, a a a good um win there over the Cardinal. Uh, you know, twenty five to nine ended up being the final. Um, the interesting results here uh, definitely are um, Caden Gefeller picking up the the win over Charlie Derricott. Um, By unanimous uh, decision, was that? Yeah, uh, Derricott definitely. Uh, um, I don't know. He, he tried to turn it into a boxing match. It seemed like he was definitely, uh, um, getting hands in the face a lot. And that was kind of a weird, uh, situation, uh, there. Um, and he got a little scrappy at the end. I think Gefeller had some words and, uh, one of those things, right. Um, the ref probably let it go a little bit longer than he should have. Um, Wyatt Sheets took Shane Griffith to overtime. Um, I don't know how surprising that really is. Shane Griffith definitely wrestles close matches. Um, and, and Wyatt's a solid wrestler. Um, you know, definitely good enough to, to, to be there with a guy like Griffith. Um, you know, not, not really that surprising to see him get taken down in sudden victory. Um, you know, gave it his all, uh, which is what you want from Wyatt Sheets there for sure. And then uh, Dustin Plot kind of ended a, a skid uh, when he picked up a win over uh, Tyler Eichens. So pretty good win for him. And and then Luke Sterber pinned Nick Stimmett. Um, so ultimately uh, a really good duel for the Pokes. Uh, and Connor Doucette scored points. Uh, seven to two. It wasn't a, <laughs> it wasn't a three to two overtime win. Uh, so yeah. that was, that was nice as well. It was good to see Connor start to get his offense going. Um, has been something that I know that he's, he's focused on. I mean, the guy took down Mason Paris. If he can just get in his head that he can score takedowns, then, um, I think he could be much better than, um, anybody else thinks he can be so uh curious to see how that keeps going but uh, yeah. excited to it, good win you know it, uh stanford owed osu a return trip um the two longest tenured coaches in college wrestling right uh with john smith and and uh rob cole out there um i think that they have a lot of respect for each other and um you know i i definitely appreciate OSU and Cornell wrestled quite a bit when Cole was at Cornell. So um, really good to see, really good to see them continue to wrestle each other. I'm hoping we can keep going out to California, Palo Alto every other year and, uh, and having that one. And, and they come to Stillwater and get those uh, Stanford folks a little taste of some real culture. <laughs> yeah. It, it's good for them. Uh, show them what the real world's really like. <laughs> For sure. Um, this uh, this is the final weekend of dual season, isn't it? So 
Um, we've got some really big ones. We've got some yeah. some huge matchups this week, some uh, rivalries, and uh, some other folks are kind of taking some time off before we get into tournament season. Yeah, it's a fun slate, very well spaced out. So I know our friend Zach Bogle over at Stalemates is going to be a fan of that. He was talking about how everything last Friday night was stacked up at 7 or 8 o'clock that anybody wanted to see. So this one you got. Uh, let's just start off with Iowa State at Missouri, 6.30 on Flow Wrestling on Wednesday night. So you, this will be in your feeds a little bit early. We plan on so that you can hear us make our predictions and call us out on what we got wrong. Um, now, this is going to be a really fun one. I think Missouri is uh, heavily, uh, I guess I shouldn't say heavily favored, but they've got to be the favorites here, don't they, Lee? I think I think so, but I mean I don't know. Have you looked at the the lines that are out yet, or I don't are think they any have been released yet? I this is an interesting one because I mean, look, we're we're it's it's the Big Twelve. Your rest Missouri's wrestling for a three way tie, right? <laughs> In yep. the Big Twelve. Uh, granted, unless. Uh, OU pulls the upset in Bedlam. Um, I, I'm, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think you can say that Missouri is definitively the favorite. Um, I think that this is a really close duel. I think it's five to five in, in most eyes. Right. I, I think it could go either way. There are only two real, um, heavily favored matches. Uh, in in this one at 125 pounds and then at 184 pounds, right? So yeah, um, it's kind of hard to say that uh, um, either team is is favored. Quite yeah, frankly, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think this is going to be a really fun one. The betting books actually have this one with giving nine and a half points to Missouri. So uh, that would be somewhere between a six four split and a seven three split. So, uh, I, I agree. I think it'll be a five, five split, uh, five, five or six, four. It's just a question of what five or six is it going to be for who, because there are so many toss-ups in this one, uh, four top 10 matchups. This it's amazing what, uh, both programs have done over the past four or five years of, of building into this and, and having, uh, uh, this many good wrestlers top to bottom, right? I mean, both mm-hmm. teams are really good. Both programs have really uh, come out of a, you know, not great spot to be quite honest. I mean, uh, Missouri's has been a little bit of a longer uh, run up. They had a rough go there after when they first went into the Mac, um, they weren't looking too good and they came, they came back well with Jaden Cox mm-hmm. Um really leading the way on that one. And then Iowa state had kind of had a, a dark decade um, <laughs> between 2010 and 2020. Um, but the last, you know, two, three years have been just incredible, uh, you know, led by David Carr. Right. So, um, and then of course, Missouri, now they've got Keegan O'Toole continuing to lead the way and, and others. And speaking of, I guess we, we can get to that. The, the two faces of the program, their, their respective programs are, are finally matching up here. I think this has been a, one of the longer anticipated matchups, uh, at 165 pounds between uh, David Carr and, and Keegan O'Toole. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how often do you get to see, uh, 
they're both the face of their program right now. They both have won a national title. They've both had an undefeated season. They've both been junior world champions and it's the first time they'll meet, but almost a guarantee it won't be the last time because they'll see each other probably in the big 12 and NCAA finals. And then both these guys plan to fight for that 74 kilo spot for team USA for potentially the next decade. So that's, it's really cool to know that it's going to be a, it's just from the hype already. It seems like it's going to be a legendary rivalry and to see chapter one and just think of all the places that this rivalry will go from here on out is pretty exciting to me. Definitely. I, you, you nailed it on the head there with, with all of that. I mean, it's, it's going to be an epic matchup and, and probably will be the first of many times. Right. Um, it's a shame that the Southern scuffle didn't get this, uh, uh, <laughs> hype, but, uh, <laughs> but at the same time, I think saving it for the duel is, is definitely making it fun. And, um, Missouri started to pump it up. I was a little bit nervous earlier in the week cause uh, you know, you hadn't really seen much from Missouri. They've been known yep. to, um, interrupt at times, right? Like this kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. but, I think since they're at home and, and there's a lot on the line, right. I, I think that they're uh, going to wrestle everybody. And um, I think that that definitely leads to uh, a great atmosphere. Uh, it, it should be a really fun one. And then, yeah, you're right. It, it'll probably be the big 12 finals. And then um, it wouldn't surprise anybody if it's the 165 NCAA finals as well. So um really excited to see this matchup. Um, I don't know who I would pick quite frankly, between Car and O'Toole. The only thing I am confident in at this point is that neither wrestler will sweep the season series. I'm pretty sure they're going to split matches. Sure. So which one do you want to sacrifice, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, man, definitely don't want to lose NCAAs, but if Iowa State can win the dual meet, then you <laughs> yeah, want this one. But if they could have the Big 12 tournament title, then you want that one. So yeah. uh, it's, you, it's just going to be... Yeah, you're right. The implications, right? I mean, this could be the Big 12 tournament title. This could be a team trophy in NCAAs, right? For either, well, Missouri's kind of fringe on that maybe, but Iowa State's definitely searching for a team trophy if they Mm -hmm. need an extra. How many points is it? Isn't it like six points between first and second place? Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a massive (laughs) It's a massive matchup. Uh, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm, I, th- I mean, of course, you know, Captain Obvious, right? But um, <laughs> it's going to be a really good one. I mean, beyond that, right? Uh, but beyond that matchup, um, Swiderski has Alan Hart, so he has a chance to, as we said earlier, is he back, right? Um, okay, you beat, you know, your opponent from Northern Iowa. Uh, that's a, a big win or not from Illinois. I'm sorry. Um, he got the win over, um, uh, uh, the guy from Illinois, but, uh, um, you know, is it that big of a win? You're back on the winning side of things, which is important for sure. Um, now here, here you go. You said you're going to be national champion. You said you're going to be all of this. You have to beat Alan Hart because he's the He's one of the two, three guys in the Big 12 at 141 that you have to beat um, to say that um, for sure. And he's on a bit of a skid as well against uh, Schwartz and, and Carter Young. Yeah. Um, Panero Johnson, Brock Mahler is a fire matchup. 
Yeah, that's going to be close. And I don't, there might only be like one or two attacks full, full throttle, you know, fully committed attacks in that one, but they are both going to be so crisp when they happen. I think. I don't, uh, I don't think there's going to be a single shot. I think this is like a Connor. I think this is a Connor Doucette heavyweight matchup. I think it's somehow the raffle force a reshot. Yeah, maybe that's going to be a two to one. I, I think that's a two to one tiebreakers match between those two. <laughs> like Brock, have, when was the last time you saw Brock Mahler take a shot? You know, like I, he, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely uh, not his thing. Um, so Panero, Panero might. Uh, make something happen uh but you know he's seen he's, he's kind of been every other match and it's not lined up to be his match to get on the offense okay well yeah so i it's a fire matchup but it might be a boring match so i don't know we'll we'll see how that goes um kreiser and jakey's is interesting right kreiser's been coming on a bit strong lately um he's had some pretty good matches against uh um you know Holschlag and 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 Caden Gefeller, uh, Jake Hughes has um, been wrestling co- close matches. He's won a lot of them, um, so that one could be interesting. Um, Broderson and Mako, you kind of have to like Mako there. I think Mako yeah. is he's wrestling really good series. right now. Also wrestling extremely high off of the win over Dustin Plot. Uh, Coleman should handle Hawks. Uh, Younger and Rocky Elam is the other low-key marquee matchup of this one. If it wasn't for David Carr and uh, Keegan O'Toole, you'd probably point to this one as uh, the next best matchup. Yeah, for sure. It's incredible to think that this could be uh, overlooked a little bit. Uh, But it's, yeah, they're tied 2-2 in the all-time series. Uh, Three matches decided by one point, and then in the dual meet last year, it was a sudden victory takedown for younger so uh incredibly close and these guys i think they kind of hate each other too so that makes it even more fun definitely if the duel's close this could be pretty chippy too so uh, that mm-hmm. that that just makes it even more fun this is much watched tv and then zach elum and sam skyler if that's the if that's the cap i mean that's a um look these guys are yeah skyler hasn't beaten elam he's zero and three against him but uh one of those goes i mean that one goes all the way his first loss goes all the way back to the mac championship at when he was at buffalo so uh it's kind of these guys are very familiar with each other but they're also they both developed so much in their careers so it's like are you familiar with this version of this wrestler yeah yeah a lot's changed for sure i'm i'm fascinated by this by this duel sam i think there's some really uh um I think either team could take it. I know we, we did picks here. So um, uh, I, I, I picked Missouri 18 to 13. I think that uh, um, I, I had an upset uh, somewhere in there. I had uh, um, one that was hard to pick. I think it was 170. No, it was one. It was heavyweight. Ultimately, I think mm. became the one that was really hard for me to to say. I think that uh, Coleman gets bonus points at 184. Um, Younger wins at 197. And then, um, you know, it's like just Sam Skyler tie it up there at uh, or make it 16 to, to 15 for the Cyclones there at uh, um, heavyweight. But ultimately, I think Elam might pull that one out. 
Yeah, I've got it being a one-point duel. I got the homer pick, Iowa State, taking this one 17-16. I think with the way Marcus Coleman is wrestling right now, after the 5-5 split, it's going to be bonus points for Marcus Coleman that decide this one. I think I, we're, we're in agreement on that one. I think that uh, that's that's where Iowa State's going to win this duel is uh, with bonus points for Marcus Coleman. And then if uh, David Carr can get the upset, then um, mm-hmm. that's going to do it. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Then uh, rivalry week continues with Bedlam round two. Uh, this one in Stillwater. Yes. Yeah. This one in Stillwater on a Thursday night. I know a lot of OSU fans aren't super thrilled about that one. Um, we need to enjoy having two Bedlams a year here for the foreseeable future because I think next year is the last year we're going to get that for a while, depending on what happens with OU status in the Big 12. I know that there's a big fight to keep them in the conference, but we'll see what happens. Um, but uh, this this is I honestly I'm kind of sweating this one. I, I think that uh, OU is definitely going to be uh, looking for some vengeance there. Um, I, I'm thrilled for Carter Young Mosher Schwartz. I think That's that was a be pretty fire. close matchup the first time. Carter was definitely not as confident then as he should be now. Um, you know, he, he made it, but, but at the same time, Carter made a couple of mistakes in that early matchup that, uh, cost him late in the match. He let Schwartz get in that front headlock that, uh, ultimately cost him the, the match. I think Mitch Moore, Victor Voinovich could be a really, really interesting matchup. That one went to sudden victory. The first time Victor Voinovich took 17 shots to two, by Mitch Moore <laughs> in that matchup. Uh, if Voinovich at, at this rate, you know, you, you love aggressive wrestlers, right? Like typically being aggressive, taking a lot of shots pans out. Um, Voinovich has to figure out how to start finishing those. Cause he's definitely, um, he's been the aggressor in a lot of his matches, but he just hasn't been able to quite finish those shots. Redshirt freshman just kind of is, when does it click? It could be here. Right. Um, Jeff Gefeller versus Butler round two um, should go Gefeller's way. Uh, Wyatt Sheets, uh, Garrett Ninehouse. Uh, this was a six to five decision for Ninehouse the first time around. I think that Wyatt has uh, come on pretty good over the uh, back half of this season. Um, and then Dustin Plot, Tate Piccolo. That's uh, going to be, that'll be a new one too. It's a new one. Uh, Piccolo and um, Dustin definitely are familiar with each other. Uh, they grew up in the same general area of Oklahoma City. Um, Piccolo was definitely heavily recruited by Oklahoma State as well, but thinking he was going to be a 197-pounder, right? I think he thought he was going to be a 197-pounder, and um, at the time you had uh, a national champion on the roster. <laughs> so um, he went to OU. And uh, now that they're now these at 174. I think this is definitely a, an interesting matchup between these two guys. Um, so curious to see how that goes um, between them. And then, um, yeah, Connor Doucette, Josh Heinzelman is the other interesting one for sure. Uh, that round two should be another um, fun matchup. We'll probably see some fun scrambles between them uh, in at the end of the third period and uh, in overtime. So um, just expecting bonus wrestling uh, from <laughs> Connor Doucette from here on out. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but I I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that the pokes can pull it out, uh, but I definitely think OU 
look, you know, there's some incentives in there too. I think Lou needs to finish high at Big 12s, and I think that somebody probably has also told him you need to win a Bedlam or uh, your your rope's going to get pretty short here. Yeah, that's much easier said than done for sure. So uh, definitely good to see those two programs going at it again on Thursday night on ESPN Plus at 7 p.m., only dueling the conference on Thursday. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we go one duel for the conference because on Friday, West Virginia hosts Clarion at 6 p.m. on ESPN Plus. West Virginia is going to, I mean, all things going at least – it would take a lot of things to go sideways for West Virginia to drop this duel with the way they've been wrestling this season. The matchup that I'm most looking forward to there, 184 Anthony Carmen for West Virginia taking on Will Feldkamp for Clarion. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one. Dakota Gears coaching at Clarion, so I, I'm I'm contractually obligated to not say anything negative about Clarion. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll probably see West Virginia rest some guys and and pull that one out for sure. Um, uh, that's uh, that's fun though. I mean, West Virginia needs to win those um, recruiting battles against the Clarions and Edinburghs of the world, mm-hmm. those Western PA um, programs that are up in D one for wrestling, right? Uh, which yeah. is so fun. You know, it's an interesting part of it. Um, on Saturday, Baptist is getting their frequent flyer miles in, aren't they? They sure are. They love going across the country. They are cashing them on in with a trip to Hofstra out in New York. Is that on Long Island? I think I have no idea where Hofstra is to, to be honest with you. I know it's Hempstead, New York, but my geography is a little fuzzy there. So a uh, chance to take on an EIWA team, a uh, chance to add to their win total after they just took out Cal, ba- Cal state Bakersfield last week. Um, outside of that, I hope we see Eli Griffin and I don't really have much else to say about that one. Yeah, Hempstead is in Long is on Long Island, right next to Uniondale, which is where the Islanders used to be. The team of the future. Man, I'm good. You nailed it. Is <laughs> all watching heavyweights a lot, right? And then, uh, and then you got that uh, the Islanders, the team of the future. What is that? And then here we are <laughs> talking about it, 15, 20 years later. Absolutely. Longer than that, my God, like 25 years later. <laughs> um, um, also on Friday night, you and I goes out to Wisconsin, 7 p.m. on BTN+. Plus. I think this is going to be a really close dual meet, but with Austin Gomez and Colin Ray Alpudo probably not wrestling, or at least they haven't in the recent duels for those teams. It's kind of missing some marquee matchups. You get Biscaglia versus Taylor Lamont. At 133, uh, Kale Happel versus Joey Zargo could be good. Happel looking to avenge a loss from this dual meet last year. Uh, Garrett Model versus Derek Holschlag, another one where Holschlag's looking to avenge a loss. And then Yant versus Hamity. You and I just did not wrestle really well in this dual meet last year. But I think they can get some bonus points here potentially at 174 with Lance Runyon against Josh Otto and Parker Kekeisen against Tyler Dow. And then they've got a heavyweight to close things out. Should be a fun one. Probably the best match of the dual meet with Tyrell Gordon and Trent Hilger. For sure. They've wrestled before and uh, Hilger got, or he majored Gordon, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it'd be a good opportunity. That was last year. It, it, it'd be a good opportunity for 
uh, Gordon to kind of avenge that as he's grown into the heavyweight role. Um, you're, you're absolutely right. I think there's some, it's, it's a close duel, but the matchups aren't great. So that's, uh, that's definitely a, um, interesting, uh, way to go about it. Typically we see some close matchups in here, but uh, if, if you and I is able to get those bonus points, then that's a big, um, big, big win, big opportunity for, uh, the Panthers up there. And then for the big 12 to continue to, uh, really to continue to continue the dominance against the red, uh, big 10 teams, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, for the purposes of that statement, we're going to say that Minnesota is maroon. Right. Minnesota, but they, but they beat Oklahoma state is exactly. So yeah, they're, they're another color. That's not really red. So, um, you and I beat Ohio state. If they can beat Wisconsin, right. Uh, Iowa state, you got Nebraska uh, beat Wisconsin, NDSU got Nebraska. Um, so, you know, we're just gonna, we're just gonna leave it at that. Did any big 12 teams, uh, wrestle Indiana, I guess. Uh, yeah, so they, they barely have a wrestling program as it is. So, um, it's fine. Um, I'd like to see Cal Baptist against Indiana or or somebody like that. Right. I I, I think it's a pretty close matchup between those two Michigan state, same thing. Um, yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, on Saturday morning, Maryland beat OU. Uh, He did. Thanks a lot. Sooners, man. Now you're not going to be an OU fan. Yeah, I guess I was. Yeah, that's gonna that ruins that. Um, yeah, last chance open. I think we'll we'll see some Big Twelve wrestlers there, won't we? Yeah, I think we will. Casey Swiderski definitely one that will be there for Iowa State. Uh, could see Oklahoma State maybe try to squeeze some guys in. I don't know. They've got a big dual meet later on, but who knows? And then uh, just with easy access for NDSU, SDSU, Missouri, even um, could see some guys make the trip to try to get their last chance at an allocation or some red shirts, just trying to get some extra matches and things yeah, like that. Sure. Uh, no way to watch that, that I'm aware of. So if you want to see it, you got to show up to the lead rec center and go see where I used to uh, do what some people would call basketball. But uh, I don't think my intramural referee really considered it that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't, uh, you know, we'll, we'll reserve, I'll reserve comment on that until, uh, um, we meet in person, <laughs> uh, at 11 AM out in actually this one's in Pennsylvania, West Virginia, making the trip to lock Haven to take on the bald Eagles defending Mac champions. And once again, one of the better teams in the Mac is lock Haven. But, uh, I think another situation where West Virginia should be able to take care of business, go do their thing. And uh, the featured matchups definitely at 125. Hopefully, we see it between Killian Cardinal and Anthony Noto. Yeah, that, that that'd be a good one. I think Sam Hilligus and uh, Nicholas Stonecheck could be a really good one uh, as well. Um, but uh, yeah, West Virginia should take care of business here. Continue to be anchored by Hall, Joel, Cardinal, um, and then you know Cooley if he doesn't get upset again uh, should be able to all pick up in the, and then uh, and then of course uh, Michael Wolfgram and Isaac Reed is an interesting match oh yeah that will be a good one a mm, couple of national qualifiers there at heavyweight the border brawl 2 p.m. on gobison.com SDSU taking on NDSU up in Fargo and this is going to be a really tight dual meet yeah definitely going to be a tight one uh, some some 
especially in the middleweights, there are some really great matchups here. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for all of them. Um, uh, really excited to watch this one uh, as a little appetizer for uh, OSU in, in Iowa. Um, I, I think this is going to be uh, just a, a close duel and, and, you know, one of those five to five, six to four um, duels that uh, could go either way. Yeah, definitely. So 125, uh, Tanner Jordan, Carlos Negretti, they've split matches. 133, you've got Derek Cardinal against McGuire Midkiff, who's wrestling really well. 141, Clay Carlson and Dylan Drogmiller. They've wrestled eight times. Carlson has won all of them, but all by the uh, skin of his teeth. So uh, it's like, man, Drogmiller's bound to break through at some point, right? You know, you'd think so. Eventually here, um, that's a lot of times to wrestle the same guy. <laughs> um, but uh, um, Carlson's having a little bit of, it's not, it's not necessarily a down season. It's still a really good season, but it's not as good as it was as he's been in the past. So um, definitely expect Drogan Miller to um, make it a fight. And I think a lot of the, the duel hinges on that one. Um, yeah, for sure. I think as, as that one goes, goes the duel, right? It's like Ohio uh, in the presidential election. I think if you, if, if, if Drogan Mueller pulls the upset here, then North Dakota state's going to win the duel. Yeah. Yeah. I think that could definitely be the uh, final dagger there for the bison at one forty nine, Alec Martin taking on Kellen March, both of whom had a pretty good weekend last weekend, one fifty seven. Hopefully we see Kale Swenson out there against Jared Frannick. Swenson did not wrestle against Oklahoma at 165 Tanner Cook and Michael Caliendo that should be a really good match yeah it, it absolutely should be Caliendo owns the, the series on that one um from a but they haven't seen each other in a couple of years so um which is kind of surprising but uh yeah uh you know Cook will he be able to hit that uh uh what what is his signature move the gator bacon yep um I think Caliendo is better than getting caught in something like that. So uh, I, I think that's going to be an interesting matchup for sure. Um, DeVos and Sachs could be an interesting one here at 174 pounds. Um, I think you got to favor DeVos, but they haven't wrestled yet. Uh, Sachs is definitely prone to, to, to threaten in some of these cases. Uh, hasn't had the the best season um, so far, but uh, you know, you could see him pulling an upset if it comes down to it. Um DJ or D'Anthony Parker and Cade King. Um, this is an interesting one too. They've split as well. Uh, Parker having the better season up to this point, but King has certainly uh, been known to to pull the upset here. Yeah, definitely uh, going to be uh, between this and one forty nine or one forty one. Excuse me, probably about the two if one if it's going to hinge on something other than 141 i would put it at 184 then at 197 tanner sloan taking on owen pence sloan owns that series three to nothing and actually has gotten bonus points in every single one of those he's got a major attack and a pin so i guess the only thing left is the regular decision yeah well you know if he sweeps it there it was that that's a grand (laughs) slam so um you know he I think a lot of that is Pence just goes for big moves, right? Uh, that's his thing. Um, he he's when you're looking for back points like that, um, guys like Sloan are going to punish you for it. And so uh, rivalry matches, you know, opportunities to um, 
score big points. And I, I think Pence goes for it and he, you hate to, you know, knock him for that. I, I hope he goes for it again. Uh, Cause I think that's the only way he beats Tanner Sloan quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the way Tanner Sloan's wrestling. And then you close it out with AJ Neville's taking on one Mora. Uh, Neville's ha- holds a one Oh lead in that series, but it was just a three, two match. So uh, Mora's having a quietly good season there at heavyweight for the bison. I think. For sure. For sure. I think this is going to be closer than anticipated between Neville's and Mora. So, um, you know, look, I, I think that, I, I think that, uh, Drogan Mueller picks up the win here and, uh, and it goes into SCU 18 to 12 is how I'm picking it. Um, but if Carlson wins it, then I think that, uh, your pick is going to be right. Yeah. I've got SDSU winning this one on criteria. Uh, I think it's going to be a five, five split with no bonus points. And I just like SDSU's chance to have a little bit bigger margin in some of those matches. So that's going to be a fun one at 2 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, at 3 p.m. on Flow Wrestling on Sunday, we've got Air Force versus Northern Colorado with a little intrastate battle. And 125 is going to be a good one there between Tucker Owens and Steve O'Poolin. And then you've got Cody Fippen and Jace Colzer at 133. And then the big one, another big one for this weekend on Sunday, uh, the two most storied programs in the sport, Oklahoma state and Iowa up in Iowa city. Yeah. Look, you know, no matter what uh, the, the folks on the East coast want to say, this is still the biggest rivalry in the sport. So um, Iowa treats it that way. Oklahoma state treats it that way. Um, now that it's on t- typically on another network, right. Uh, the um Big Ten Network will treat it that way, and and ESPN treats it that way. It, it's the biggest. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest rivalry in the sport. It just is. Um, so, you know, the Pokes are um, definitely coming into this one. Look, I I think now a lot of people are going to think it's going to be a lot closer than they would have uh, a month ago. Quite frankly, yeah. yeah. I mean, Iowa has not been wrestling a full lineup and a lot of the starters that have been wrestling for them haven't been wrestling at their best. So uh, it's, it's, there's definitely a path here for Oklahoma state to win. And that's actually uh, what I picked. Yeah. Uh, you know, you picked it uh, 1916 for the pokes and I I'm, I'm homer picking for sure, but I've got it 2115 for the pokes as well. So um, we can run it. We can run down here. I mean, you know, Spencer Lee most likely pins Reese Whitcraft and mm-hmm. just kind of is the reality of it. Reese Whitcraft tries to go big uh, a lot of the time. Uh, he's always been that way. That's the kind of wrestler he is. And against a guy like Spencer Lee, um, uh, you're just not going to get the leverage that you want uh, to to do that. And I think that uh, um, Lee's probably going to punish Whitcraft for that kind of thing. Uh, so it just kind of is, is what it is there. Um, However, you can probably make that up. Dayton Fix probably can pin Colin Schreiber. Yeah, or Brody um, Teske, whoever it is. Or Brody Teske. Uh, you know, they've wrestled before. Um, wow, no, they haven't. How have they, how's, how have Dayton Fix? Because Teske was well, at, at 25. Yep. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I think either way, if Dayton is looking for it, I know that that's been a knock. Um for him, but you know, we watched him pin um you know, the guy from Michigan here uh a couple weeks ago. Ragason. 
yeah, Ragason and made it look pretty easy. So um, if he needs to go out and do it, then I think he he's capable of doing it. Um, 141 pounds, Carter Young in real woods is interesting. If it I happens, I think Young yeah. Young just has to keep it within striking distance because we've seen Rayal Woods. That's kind of the knock on him, right? He slows down in the third period. He does, and and you know, there's also look. How many matches does he have now? Uh, what, what's he up to? He's up to twelve. So I guess he has to wrestle this one, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I um, think he does. So yeah, we'll see how that one goes. I think Young is definitely going to try to wear him out. Um, Woods' defense is so elite that. You know, it's it's hard to it's hard to say one way or the other. 149 pounds, uh, Voinovich and Max Murin. If Voinovich can finish takedowns, then um, I like him here. But uh, Murin, a similar thing, just very good in scrambles, very good on defense, uh, which is what Victor's definitely struggled with this year. Um, 157 pounds, Gefeller and Seabrick. Uh, I don't really know. I don't know that much about Cody. Seabrick. I know he's having a really solid season. He's funky. He's going to scramble and he's going to go for big moves. And I think that will make it a really fun match at 157. Well, well that's what Caden Gefeller does too, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Um, yeah. G's got a lot more experience in it, but uh, that doesn't really mean um, much. I think that could be an interesting one. Uh, Wyatt Sheets and Patrick Kennedy. I think Kennedy probably uh, picks up the win there. He's been really good, but Wyatt has been coming on a bit better over the last few weeks. Um, I don't know. This, this, that one's an interesting one as well. Dustin plot and uh, whoever he wrestles at 174 pounds, I guess it Nelson brands has been kind of in and out. Yeah. could be Nelson brands could be the true freshman Aiden Riggins. Either way, I've got Dustin plot winning that one pretty solidly. Uh, kind of the same deal at 184. You've got Travis Whitlake and then Avasad has not been wrestling lately. And they've got an even bigger question because they've been wrestling Drake Rhodes, who's on the roster as a 165, but he used up his fifth date against Michigan last week. So I really don't know who's going to be there for the Hawkeyes at 184 to take on Travis Whitlake. The well, so then that I mean, if they wrestle, if they burn a red shirt for a guy um, at 160, that's 165 pounder. I mean, that's uh, um, uh, you got to like Whitlake to get bonus points there. He's definitely done it when he's wrestled uh um competition that he's overmatched so mm-hmm. um curious about and then 165 pounder right i mean he you know you got a fourth place finisher there from 165 pounds a couple of years ago yeah. um 197 pounds uh luke serber and jacob warner is is fascinating because uh serber goes for it warner's strong um you know warner has had some weird results over the past few weeks. Um, yeah, that's definitely fair to say. And, you know, he seems to just kind of be done <laughs> with it, uh, which is unfair. I, Warner's been great for the Hawkeyes. I mean, he's, you know, what are we staring at a four-time All-American here? Yeah, yeah, right? definitely definitely a leader on that team. And <laughs> yeah. national finalist last year. So I, national finalist. I think the fans are not happy with him, but it's like he, he made the national finals for you. He's and he's twelve and four. It's not like he was perfect last season when he did that either. Yeah, yeah. So uh, well, you know, Hawkeye fans are Hawkeye fans. They they mm-hmm. will hey, look, 
nobody's immune from that. Uh, it's why I have to stay off the message boards for Oklahoma State fans, <laughs> uh, quite frankly. Um, and then Doucette and Cassiope is probably, uh, you know, how it goes. It'll probably be four to two. And that's that's how we're looking there. Doucette's a lot stronger than most of the people that Cassiope has to wrestle. Um, but and, and until Connor figures out you know, his offense, it's going to be tough to, to pick him there. But um, look, I, I think this could definitely go for the pokes, depending on who wrestles for Iowa. They're not afraid to burn a red shirt. Uh, they're not afraid to sit a guy out. You know, they, they don't really, they're focused on NCAAs and uh, finishing as high as possible there or winning it. Right. So yeah, um, uh, it's going to come down to Ken, Dayton respond to uh, Spencer's bonus points and uh, then can Whitlake or plot score bonus points as well. I think, I think that's really what it comes to. And then if you can get an upset at uh, 41 or 65 or 97, then you you like the pokes, right? That's that's asking for a lot. It's asking for a lot, but it's possible. Yeah, but I think there's just a lot of question marks around Iowa's lineup right now. And with how good Oklahoma State is wrestling, that's why I'm pretty comfortable picking them at this point in their season. Um, Other than that, I I think it's going to be a great weekend. So Sam did uh, it. Sam picked it. So um, not a homer. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to get out of here. It's we're recording on Valentine's day. Sam's got a hot date. So, uh, we'll, uh, let him get out of here. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Um, we really appreciate y'all. Thanks for listening. All right, man.